Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. This is Craig Henderson. I'm making my debut appearance with uh, Doug McCrary. So uh, here we go. Hey, uh, Craig, glad you could uh, be here today. And uh, you are kind of sitting in. Uh, We had had Taylor Johnson in that seat for a long time, and Taylor is uh, now uh, doing some other things. And so uh, we're glad that uh, he is... uh, doing what he's doing he's going to be serving in the law enforcement community here in jacksonville and um but as far as you go uh you have been part of swat for a while and i just reached out to you and said hey would you be willing to sit in today and uh so glad you could do that so uh, welcome to swat radio studios i am uh, very excited about that i was going to say that when you ask it was uh when you were on the theme of what uh, last week's uh, bible study was about about get out of your comfort zone and go where god's doing work and i sort of listened <laughs> to that and thought i just can't say no well uh well that i didn't mean that like that but i'm i'm glad that uh, you took it like that and are here and you know just uh because we're uh introducing you to the listeners out there for the first time uh share a little bit about your own journey of faith did you grow up in a christian home I did. I did. Both my parents went to church, and um, it was actually at, at a time in, uh, I think, 1989. I was here in Jacksonville and had a, was in a church that had some outside folks come in for a three-day retreat weekend. It was when I realized I was uh, using Jesus as my handyman mm. and not my Lord. Wow. He was the guy I'd call on to fix a problem, help me with my kids or whatever. And uh, during that weekend, I uh, realized uh, I had one foot on the dock, one foot in the boat, and it was time to get all in. Yeah, because you can't keep uh, one there and one in the dock, can you? You can't right. do that. Uh, it eventually is going to split. Well, uh, it's been uh, really uh, fun having you at SWAT because uh, you're, you're one of those guys that when I'm teaching and sharing, you're you're engaged and you're – writing and you're shaking your head like oh yeah yeah i get that i get that that's always helpful when you're trying to share or teach that people are connecting uh so i'm i'm glad you could uh, join us today and and i'm glad you're part of swat um you know that that mindset that you had is is a, a dominant mindset in a lot of churches today in fact y'all just did the great banquet uh which is an outreach kind of church a church uh, you and David put that thing on, or y'all been part of that now for a while. Um, take just a second without going too much into detail, but just uh, uh, one of the rules for the radio is we have to silence our phones. So I forgot to tell you that. My bad. That was my briefing point. <laughs> um, anyway, um, te- it's live radio. So yeah. we're live. That's the thing about <laughs> live radio. It's like yesterday. You heard, I heard you had mic problems yesterday. Yeah, we did because it goes out everywhere. But I love live radio so that it's conversational. It's going on right now. And uh, at the end of the program, we give people a chance to call. They don't always call. And that's okay. But we want people to be able to call in. And if they have a question or or something about the text we're looking at. But tell a little bit about the Great Banquet. What's the purpose of the Great Banquet? What is it? And what's the real focus of it? So the the Great Banquet is essentially a three-day retreat. 
uh, where you get a chance to sort of get out of your culture, out of all the noise that our that our environment brings. And it's really like a short course in Christianity uh, where there has a chance. There's a 15, in our case, it goes men. Men go to one weekend. Women can go to another. And um, so you have 15 men that give, uh, tell about their stories, their lives, and how um, Christ has impacted them in a series that kind of walks you through um, maybe where you are in your current environment and assessing where are my priorities and then walking through what does it mean to have a relationship with Christ? How do I deal with the problems that I burdens that I carry from, you know, stuff that men all do. Uh, but it's a both feet in the boat Christian oh, faith, not, not a one on the dock, one in the boat. It's, kind a, of it's a it's a you're all in. That's exactly right. You're all in. Well, that's good. Well, I know David has thoroughly enjoyed being a part. And he said he's enjoyed getting to know you and the process. Uh, a couple of things, you know, during the first segment, if you're just tuning into SWAT radio, uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. In the first segment, we usually look at things going on in our community, our culture, and kind of uh, look at them hopefully from a Christian worldview, which is uh, different from a world worldview. Uh, our, our basis for the way we look at things is the authority of Scripture. And there is a meeting tonight that's very important, a school board meeting, because we live in a free country and we have the ability to participate in our government and be part of it. Uh, you can run for office. In fact, we just had a brother in here a while ago who said he's running for an office, and I didn't even know that, and he just shared, but he felt led by God to run, to be a, a voice within the government. The government is an institution that, you know, God uses uh, to uh, not only carry out justice, but also uh, structure. And so um, the school board has a meeting tonight, and uh, Charlotte Joyce, one of the members, uh, has put forth a resolution to approve standing uh, for the Parental Rights and Education Act by the Florida legislature, which uh, Ron DeSantis signed. And it's not just about that. It's bigger than that. It's really kind of um, just parents saying, and community members, you don't have to be a member. Um, I mean, you don't have to be a member. <laughs> you don't have to be a parent who's children are currently in a duval county school but if you're a duval county resident go to the school board you pay taxes let your voice be heard uh, because what it's about is to let people know that we want to protect our children we want to protect them from indoctrination of things that just really one should not be part of the education process education when i was growing up craig was reading writing and arithmetic and now it's become those things have become Trojan horses to get ideology in, which is really sad, you know. Yeah, one of the things I recall is when my children were school age that I felt as a parent was my greatest responsibility was to help walk them through with integrity about uh, and impose it and imparting our values, my values and my wife's values into their lives, so that they could carry them in and influence the communities of school where they are. And um, I think this, where there's things happening where there parents aren't being informed about what they're being taught what their children are being taught really is a is a troubling thing well yeah and in the news yesterday there's a woman whose child actually began a process of transgender transition without the parent even being told about it the school was walking their child through it that's just wrong that that's wrong on every level and this school board meeting is a chance for people in the city to come and say hey 
we don't support those kind of things. Parents are the primary um, ones who speak values into their children's life. Yes, the school has a place for teaching, and I think they have a place for affirming good values. But when they're going to propagate ideology that goes against what we believe are good standards for the community, uh, you you need to speak out while we can. Um, You know, again, our, our hope doesn't rest in the government, but we have an opportunity and uh, we we don't need to be people who put that opportunity aside. Uh, if you um, have a chance, you should go to that and support that. Uh, that's one thing. The second thing that was uh, really going on today that's huge is last night information leaked that uh, was leaked uh, a, a memo or a um, a draft ruling of the Supreme Court that's not even due out till June was leaked uh, about Roe v. Wade basically uh, being overturned. And it's not really being overturned. They're just saying that the states have the right to really set the parameters within that state. And the the thing that was really bad about what happened is that this draft was leaked and to a lot of people who've served on the court, who served as clerks on the court, they said in the history of the Supreme Court, this has never happened. And so uh, it was somebody trying to pressure the court to not allow this overturning of, in their minds, Roe v. Wade. And um, it's uh, really, it was unprecedented. And uh, I think Justice Roberts today called for a full investigation and some kind of punitive action. If it was an attorney, they'll probably be disbarred. Um, but as believers, we um, can thank the Lord and continue to pray that this ruling would go forth as leaked, as they said it was an authentic document, because over 50 to 60 million babies have mm. been aborted mm. since Roe v. Wade. And um, and I, I just um, think it, it, you know, we have a biblical responsibility to stand up for life to value life and to be advocates for life. And, um, and so hopefully, uh, that, that will be something that actually comes to be because people are kind of skeptical about whether it was authentic or not uh, about most people I heard think it is. And did, did you get a, any whiff yeah, of that actually, as you think, were reading? Yeah, um, I think he came out and said it was an authentic draft, uh, mm-hmm. just as Robert said, and, and that uh, that's when he was calling for the, the um, investigation as to how it got out. And I know for me, my prayer is that, you know, all the all the social news and, and influence that's going to come out of this won't affect the conscience of the court, mm-hmm. you know, that has come to that decision. Yeah, it, it was definitely a breach, and, um, you know, uh, they're saying that about half the states uh, abortion would become illegal after 15, 16 weeks. And well. so uh, anyway, uh, but that, that's just some big stuff. A lot of stuff for us to pray for out there. You bet. You bet, Doug. Okay, we're going to take a break for a sponsor, and uh, we'll be right back. This is uh, SWAT Radio with Doug McCrary. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. 
You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. We were just talking about the leak of the opinion of the Supreme Court, and uh, now shortly we'll get back into our study of Acts 16, verses 11 through 15. Here's it, Doug. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Craig, we yesterday kind of laid a, a pretty long background or, or a long intro into this, not necessarily background. There was background given, but we talked about what was going on here, and I think it's really important for us as we look at the Bible to always understand the context of what was happening. The gospel had not gotten to Europe. And so God was working through his servant, Paul, to take the gospel to the European continent, which was really the place where the Greek culture ruled. And yesterday we talked about Greek culture and how the Greek culture really sought to to live without the knowledge of Yahweh. They they did seek to hear from God's little g, many, but even within the Greek culture they they sought to get away get away from them. They thought that was superstitious. And the Greek culture, guys like Plato and Socrates, thought that man, if they could just possess knowledge and think about things, they could they could deal with the issues. And we said yesterday that when a Macedonian man who was a, a person in the midst of that Greek culture cried out for help, that was the equivalent of like, like an astrophysicist from MIT or somebody from Harvard asking, you know, a backwoods country preacher for help. And why would they do that? Well, because we have the answers. A believer with the Bible and the knowledge of Jesus can help those people who think that the knowledge they possess can allow them to navigate through life. But without Christ, you can't. You just can't. I mean, with the with the Bible, we get where we come from, who we are, why the world is broken, and what's the solution. And one of the things that uh, you see when you look at the Greek culture 
and the Roman culture, they both fell from within from corruption because they they looked for answers in places that had nothing to do with Yahweh. And only God can provide that. And so uh, without an infinite personal God, we said you don't have an answer for the universe that was created out of nothing, but yet with all kinds of order in it. You don't have an explanation for 42 million nerve endings in our eye that seems so, I mean, that just doesn't evolve without some divine being having order. Nobody would look at a cell phone or a smartphone, a, a iPhone, and just think that evolved over time. It was, there was a designer and there was a person that made sure that design was carried out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at the Bible, we see God's really his instruction manual for how to hear from him, how to know him, because really throughout all time, man has sought to hear from God. That's why uh, we're going to look at this week at SWAT in the SWAT Bible studies, um, the little passage after this, um, verses 16 through 24, and we're going to look at people that sought to hear from God from a demon-possessed woman. Because they believed that she spoke words from the gods. That's what oracles did. They mm-hmm. would go, people would travel hundreds of miles to go hear from an oracle who supposedly heard from Apollo or from another Greek god or a Roman god. And they would go to find these oracles who would give them some gibberish, some kind of really uh, nuanced prophecy that you could read a lot of things into and yet we see in the bible god's word to us that has proved true over the years people have tried to disprove it and so as we look at this text today we see god speaking through his servant paul to lydia and we see lydia as a very enterprising entrepreneurial woman she was a uh a successful businessman. In fact, uh, according to Roman law, anybody couldn't just sell the purple dye. It was a royal color. Uh, and so she dealt with the the very, very upper crust of that culture. She was a woman of means. She was a woman who was successful in the eyes of the world, but she was also a worshiper of God, which showed God's sovereign hand on her. And yesterday we kind of laid out the... Um, the outline for the week is really only two ideas. One is to get outside of our plans and our comfort zone, which is why you're here today. And then uh, secondly, find where God is working and join him as his kingdom priest. These are the two main ideas here in this text. Short little five-verse passage. And just to set context again, remember, Paul and Luke and uh, Silas and Timothy were in Troas on the other side of the Aegean Sea from Philippi. And God had prohibited them from going where they wanted to go. They wanted to go to Asia. Then they wanted to go to Bithynia up in the north. And God said, no, I want you to wait here. And then he gave them a vision of this Macedonian man. And then it starts by saying they went. They went. And so I'm going to have you read Uh, verses 11 through 15 and then we're going to come back and look at this idea 
of getting out of our plans and our comfort zone today. All right, starting with verse 11. So, setting sail from Taraus, we made a direct voyage to Samothlase and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Tyria, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after that, after she was baptized and her whole household as well, she urged us saying, if you had judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord. You know, there's a couple of things that just pop right out in that passage. One, and we're going to get more into it being a Roman colony, but a Roman colony, uh, I think this is one of the few times, if not the only time in Scripture it's it's mentioned. Um, uh, A Roman colony enjoyed special privileges that Roman... um, like where a Roman legion might be, or they might have, like in Jerusalem, they a Roman colony was kind of self-governed. They didn't pay tribute to Caesar, uh, but yet they enjoyed the rights of a Roman citizen. And literally, it was like a little Rome. Hmm. A lot of military guys would go there and retire. And so this was a Roman colony. So really what you have going on here is a clash of two cultures and two ideas, two ideologies. Hmm. When Paul comes to Europe, what was the greatest kingdom in the world at that moment? The Roman Empire. The Roman Empire. And now he's in little Rome. And Paul's bringing the kingdom of God message, and and that's going to conflict with the kingdom of Rome message because the kingdom of Rome message Pax Romano, the peace of Rome was where Caesar reigned. The right. message of the Bible is the peace of God is where God reigns. Yeah. Amen. So you have two leaders here. They're representatives. Basically you've got Rome there and you've got Paul coming in representing the most high God, Yahweh and Lydia who was from Thyatira came into Rome uh, to the Philippi. She did business there with Romans and with the wealthy. And uh, she very much, even though she worshiped God had to live in that culture that was dominated by Rome and Pax Romana. And so Paul is bringing this message to free her and not only to free her, but to free all those who were his there. And this is going to be the Iwo Jima moment for Mm. Europe where Paul is going to use Lydia and he's going to share the gospel with her and those with her and the church at Philippi is planted on this day. And it's really an amazing thing. I think it's only five verses, 
And we can tend to blow through little passages like this and not give them the due uh, that they deserve because this was a monumental moment. The church at Philippi was probably Paul's um, greatest church that he planted. It was the most giving church. It was the most mission-minded church. And here he is going there. And notice it says in you know, uh, when it says they made a direct voyage, verse 11, that meant that when Paul and Silas and them decided to go, it says they had the wind at their back. That's what a direct, uh-huh. a direct voyage means that they, this is a nautical term, like they were headed uh, there. They so, didn't have to stay overnight no, somewhere. No, well, of, of, well, they did stop, and they stopped in Samothrace, which was like an island, like a it's like a volcanic island mm-hmm. in between mm-hmm. Troas and Neapolis, Neapolis was the port city of of uh, Philippi. For but when they got to Neapolis, they had to walk eight to ten miles. But they they made this direct voyage and got there, and uh, and they said it was a leading city of the district. So this was a very influential city. They had um, a forum there, which is like a big marketplace where mm-hmm. people would have. Uh, discussions of ideas they would sell goods and everything and uh, it says they were in the city some days and what were they waiting on i mean why were they waiting why were they there it says some days i mean they made this direct voyage got there quick but what were they waiting on well the narrative the very next verse says on the sabbath day yes and on the sabbath yeah so that's so they were waiting on the sabbath because when did paul what, where did he go? The first place he went was to synagogue. And when mm-hmm. did the synagogue meet? On the Sabbath. So when we come back from this news break, um, we'll, we'll get further into that and uh, talk about what happened next. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, we'll break now and come back and talk about the latter part of those verses and SWAT radio with Doug McCary. Radio. We're talking about Acts chapter 16, verses 11 through 15, and uh, we'll continue now. And you're listening to my good friend Craig Henderson, who is part of the Mandarin SWAT group, who was uh, really putting into practice what we taught last week about getting outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> That's uh, true. That's very true. Uh, so uh, I appreciate you being in here today, Craig. Uh, you know, we um, we're talking about Acts 16, we're just kind of working through the text and talking about this 
these two kingdoms, the Roman colony, the the whole idea of Caesar and his his kingdom in Philippi, and and Paul coming in representing a completely different king. Mm-hmm. Our kingdom is not of this world, but yet our message is for this world. And so Paul comes in, and he's he's wanting to connect with people that might have been exposed to the scriptures. So wherever he went, normally he would go to the synagogue first. Those people have an understanding of the scriptures, or at least they've been exposed to it. And so he waited when he got there. And on the Sabbath, it says, we went outside the gate. Now that's Luke writing, making it we plural went down to the gate and we went to the riverside. Now, Craig, you know, because I taught on it, the reason they went to the riverside, it says they went to a place of prayer down there. In the Greek, it's called a prosuke, which was a gathering of believers to pray, which is different from an ecclesia, which is the church gathered. This was just a small gathering of believers to pray uh, and it was down by the riverside. Do you remember why it was by the river? Yeah, we talked about that um, in, in the synagogue. You needed flowing water in order to uh, complete the sacraments that they had. Yeah, you had. Right? Yeah, you had to call. Well, you had to be near. Uh, synagogues were had to have living water. And what's uh, fascinating about that is in John seven, Jesus said. On the last and great day of the feast, he stood up and he said, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And living water is what renewed the Jewish people. The Jewish people would do what's called a mikvah, M-I-K-V-A-H. They would mikvah and and then go in to pray. They would mikvah in saying, I want to renew my my heart to follow you, Yahweh. I want to renew. If, if I've, I've offended you in any way, I just want to uh, make that part of me die, and I want to be renewed in my surrender to you. And so they would mikvah. So they looked for a river or a flowing water where it was flowing. And so... As Paul got down there, uh, he found this place of prayer, and Paul says, or Luke says, we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. And so a couple of observations about that. One, Paul probably wasn't used to preaching when he sat down. He was a herald. And herald, when he would herald, the Greek word that was used a lot of times is caruso or to herald or to speak out, to boldly proclaim. But he didn't do that at this particular gathering. He sat and had almost like a conversational um, uh, tone message with these women as he shared the good news with them. And first question that pops into my mind is where's the men? Right. You know, why why are there no men there? Some people have said that, well, maybe it was just because of the exile and there were no men in the city. Uh, 
find that hard to believe that there were no men, either Jewish or proselytes, in that whole city. May have been, but more than likely not. They just weren't there. Right. Maybe they were afraid of the Romans. Rome had a huge influence on that city, and maybe they were afraid. Uh, this was about 50 A.D., so this is only you know, about 20 years after Christ had been crucified. The way, which is what it was called, was c- still considered cultish, a right. Middle Eastern cult, and uh, word surely probably spread of of this there, and um, so the, there were no men there. And it reminds me, even in our church today, I was sharing with Taylor last week that the statistics are there's sixty to sixty five percent of the church or churches here in America is women, right? women 35 percent men where are the men where that that's a question we've got to wrestle with why are the men not stepping up why are the men not being a voice for the vulnerable why are the men not uh, being a voice of hope to the world of of the peace of god the shalom of god versus pax romana the peace of the world mm. and uh so you see that, and these women more than likely were exiled women, but one of the women was a Greek, or a Gentile actually, not a right. Greek, but a Gentile woman named Lydia. Now it says that Lydia was from Thyatira, and the ancient name of Thyatira was Lydia. And so it could have been that her name was the woman from Lydia and actually just got shortened to the, Lydia at text. some point because yeah. it was where she was from. It's like my son played football um, at Ponte Vedra High School, and we moved here from Texas uh, his senior year. And so when he came in, they didn't know him by his first name. They just called him Texas. So that's what he was known <laughs> as. Uh, and so anyway, this woman, Lydia, uh, was a entrepreneurial woman. She was a businesswoman. She was a seller of purple. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But for Paul, the, the, remember the first um, idea that we were talking about is that as kingdom priests, God calls us to get outside of our comfort zone, outside of our plans. Where did Paul want to go? He wanted to go to Asia. Where did God tell him to go? He told him to go to Europe. Europe. Who, where did Paul want to go when he got to Europe? He wanted to go to a synagogue. Where did God take him? Down by the river. Yeah, yeah. And to, to a prosuke. Uh, who did Paul want to minister to? I promise you, he wanted to minister to men. To the men. Because he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And the Pharisees used to have a statement where they would recite, I thank you, God, that I'm not a Gentile, I'm not a tax gatherer, and I'm not a woman. Mm, mm. And so for Paul, this was huge outside of his comfort zone. We tend to think of... Paul is just being this super spiritual guy, but I'm sure he wrestled like you and I wrestle sometimes, just even like you come into the radio station to do something that you're not familiar with, something that you hadn't planned on to go to a place you hadn't planned on uh, being a part of ministry there. And God says, no, this is where I want you. And far too often when those opportunities come up, We've already made our mind we're not going to do it. We don't step out. Right. 
we, we, we come up with reasons we can't. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. And I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't have the resources. And who controls all three of those things? God. He, we mean, don't we, factor God in. Yeah. We fail to factor God in. But Paul, to his credit, as soon as they had, it says, concluding that God called us to preach the gospel to them, talking about Macedonia in verse 10, the very next words are so setting sail from Troas. They right. did it. They just went and did it. Didn't pause. They didn't pause. They just went and did it. They believed God wanted them to do it. And did it. Now, what was amazing about these women, Craig, is that women in this culture had no right to change their uh, religious faith without their husband's approval. Mm. They couldn't. And this is the first time that a faith comes along and, and gives women that choice to worship with no restrictions, no constraints from their husbands. I mean, that's pretty wow. liberating, yeah, isn't that's, it? That's really dynamic in that culture. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really. In Galatians 3, when Paul wrote Galatians, he wrote them and said, listen, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's not male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And he's talking about value here. He's not talking about roles in the church. He's talking about value. There, there, there is no requirement for a woman to have a man's blessing or not in her relationship with God the Father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is hers and hers alone. Yeah, because that's that is that's so different. And even there's there's religions today where that's still part of what's required is, uh, you know, the man has to be involved in uh, the decision for the woman. Very much so. And, you know, and even in Christian faith, men, a man's role is to lead, but the way they interact with God, they have an individual relationship with God that they can approach God, and they couldn't in that culture. Mm. And so that was pretty revolutionary for them. And again... This is putting Paul way outside of his comfort zone. And I I believe that if you tune in tomorrow when we're going to look at how God had been working on Lydia, the things he was doing in her life to draw her, you're going to see that this was God's plan. This was all part of God's unfolding plan. And Paul was just an instrument. That's why we can't hold up people And I don't care whether it's your pastor or some ministry leader. These people are merely representatives of the Most High God. They're instruments in their hand who, apart from his hand, they're nothing. They have no power to do anything. Like a pen laying on a desk, it can't write on its own. Right. You know, so. Yeah, and God's doing so much bigger things than we even see. And, you know, and sometimes when we, if we'll get out of our comfort zone, then God can use that to influence people around us in ways that we could never guess or imagine. And um, so, I mean, it's, it, you're right. You know? Yeah, and so, listen, if, if people uh, want to call and weigh in or they got any questions about any of the things we talked about, uh, they can just call in, and I think you have the number. Yeah, call 1-844-777-7928, or if you have an email, it's ask at swatradio.com. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without. Welcome back to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary. If you have any questions or comments, give us a call at one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Or if you'd like to email, it's ask at SWATradio.com. We're finishing up our conversation on for today on Acts 16, verses 11 through 15. Yes, and uh, again, just as God's kingdom priest, he calls us to get outside of our comfort zones and really to get outside of our own plans. You know, we live in a world, Craig, and I th- you're in the business world, right? Mm-hmm, hmm How much of your week is planned and how difficult is it to break those plans sometimes because that's a plan you know the plan's been put out yeah when a plan when plans are in place it's really hard to change you know because it impacts a bunch of people and you're you've set a bunch of priorities as you're doing that and it, it is it's hard to do that it really is it, it is it's hard to do that and because we put those plans in place and you know, even within the, uh, I, I can remember there was a time when I was in the FBI and, uh, I was supposed to go on a mission trip to Russia and a trial I've shared this before, but it was just, I'm struck by it as I was thinking about this. Um, we, I was supposed to go to Russia like, um, in September and, the chief federal judge here in the Northern District m- moved the trial that was originally scheduled for October to September. Mm. And when he moved that trial, it was right smack dab in the time that I was supposed to be gone. I'd already requested time off from the uh, Bureau. I had to get approval from the director at the time, who was Louis Free, to go because I was going to Russia. Right. Wow. And uh, that had all been approved. And uh, the chief federal judge moved that trial. And so I went to the um, the US att- assistant U.S. attorney who was handling the case, and I asked him if they would request a, a, uh, an extension to mm-hmm. go back, you know, to a continuance. And they said, no, I can't do that. 
because this judge doesn't grant continuances for the government. I mean, you basically have to have your stuff ready, and this is what it is. And, man, I was praying about it, and I just I was really uh, distraught because I sensed so strongly God calling me to go on this particular trip to Russia, on this mission trip. Well, as I was praying and just asking God for wisdom, I just sensed I needed to call the judge's chambers, which was you call the clerk of the court. And you don't do that as an FBI agent. You yeah. go, th- but basically as agents, we don't speak attorney talk. The attorneys talk to each other and we just provide all the evidence and, yeah. uh, and go out and arrest the people. And so as I uh, was praying about it, I sensed God moving me to do that. So I called uh, the chief judge's clerk and I told him what I was requesting. And he asked me to repeat myself and I told him why <laughs> I was requesting it. And he said, you know, I'll ask him, and I'll get back to you. And uh, a few days later, he called me back, and he said he is uh, granting your request, and he's going to move the trial back to October. Wow. And I ended up going on that trip, coming back, and resigning from the FBI. Uh, God knew what he was doing on that trip. But, boy, you talk about getting out of the comfort zone. Yeah. And a lot of times – when you're out in the world and you're not quote a minister on staff or part of a ministry as a full-time job, you think, well, I'm, you know, I don't have the ability to do that. Like I don't control my boss or I don't control my company. Listen, you don't control a federal judge, especially the chief federal judge either, but God can move in his heart. Amen. And, and there, you know, did I get grief for doing that? Of course I did. There was a lot of grief that I received uh, for that. But it was something that I ended up having a chance to tell that chief federal judge years later that how much I appreciated what he did. And um, it was an opportunity to kind of open up and share a little bit with him about the God I serve, God Yahweh. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that that Yahweh made that whole thing happen right. for his glory. Mm-hmm. And so you may be out there today. You may be going through a difficult time. You may have, you may have an opportunity where God is really challenging your comfort zone. He's challenging your plans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I can tell you that, you know, if you ask my wife, Lori, um, about when you, when you adopt special needs children, mm-hmm. Uh, you you go into it being obedient, not knowing what it's going to look like, but you definitely get out of your comfort zone. Wow! Yes, and 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 not only with the daily care, but even just the ability to go get them and and to care for them, and and so as as you have all these opportunities in our life to follow His agenda versus ours, uh, we need to try to start being more inclined to say why wouldn't we do that god instead of this is why we can't do that yeah i think that's really i I know for me there's a lot of like i mean i i feel like i'm stuck in certain places at times and you know if i really think about the fact that i serve a sovereign god you know and and like you did you can ask right and then god moves after that i mean he gives you that once you ask he can take the steps to make it happen 
right? Yeah, yeah and a lot of times, though, we, we're afraid to ask. Yes, exactly. It's it's a, being a bit timid, you know, and you pray about it first and then step out in faith that because all you're doing is giving God a chance to start the job, start the work. Yes, yeah. uh, and again, this, this was not something I just haphazardly decided to do or even right. just go, okay, I'm going to go do this. I prayed right. about it, and it was clear that um, – to me that he was moving me to do this. And so I would encourage you as you think about being God's kingdom priest, um, what, what areas are you being challenged in? Like what, what comfort zone is he asking you to get out of? Is it a financial comfort zone? Is it a time comfort zone? Is it a talent comfort zone? There, there's lots of zones that we like to stay comfortable in. We like to control our environment, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. whether it's the air conditioning or the the just the plushness of wherever we are. You know, we don't like going roughing it in the desert. We don't like roughing it in the jungle. We we like controlling our environment, and we do that spiritually too. Yes, I think it's right. We get we get into we get into areas that we feel comfortable with that we don't want to change and we don't want to, we don't want to risk anything. And I think you're right. It, it, I think prayer is where we really have to start, you know, because when we pray, we give God the chance to move. We give others the chance to maybe circle around us and be supportive, you know, and it's, um, it's if we're not willing to do that and we're real for me, I'm then I realize the times I don't pray, I'm keeping control of myself and not trusting God for that. Yeah. I, I remember the aftermath of um what happened with that judge and that opened up opportunities for me to have many conversations with people about my faith in Yahweh with people from the marshal service people from the sheriff's office and people from other walks of life that were supportive of the judicial system and uh, it's just it, it required a step and just to be honest, I haven't always been willing to take that step. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we have to say no and to God and get uh, reprimanded a little bit or what I call gently exhorted a little bit before we will end up saying yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I had a, I think where God was, uh, I was getting real involved in, in things like, uh, and I think his word can do that for us as well. And this little this little story is an example of that, Doug, where I was uh, getting real involved in, in training and athletics, and I was getting up like 5.30 in the morning and going to, going working out and stuff, and I wasn't having a quiet time. Mm. And so I was uh, reading First uh, Timothy 4.8. Mm. I was reading actually the chapter 4 of 1 Timothy, and then that verse 4.8 jumped out at me about, it says, physical physical training is of some value, but spiritual training is of eternal value. Mm-hmm. And I realized I had my priorities all wrong, oh. all wrong. And it was, and it really was one of those cases where I'm reading the Bible and those letters just jumped out to me. Yeah. You know, you bring up a good point, Craig, that, um, uh, I can remember a time when we lived in Houston that I'd get up and I'd go with guys and they would play basketball at five thirty in the morning. They didn't bat an eye about getting up at five thirty to go play basketball but on one of the mornings, uh, not there was only basketball twice a week, but on one of the mornings, there was a Bible study at 6.30, and they, it's too early to go to a Bible study at 
but it wasn't too early to play basketball an hour earlier, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point. You're, uh, you know, you're the Thursday morning group I go to meets at six thirty in the morning, and uh, I have invited guys, and they're like, "Yeah, gee, that's kind of early," but you know, it's it's not. But some of these same people oh, have no problem getting up early to go on a fishing trip, getting up early to go work out at the gym, getting up early to go whatever. But I don't know. I it's. It's one of those areas that our comfort zones sometimes need to be challenging. God does. And that's what he did with Paul. He said, Paul, you're not going to go to uh, Asia. You're going to go to Europe. Paul, you're not going to go to a synagogue. You're going to go to a prosuke, which is a place of prayer down by the river. Paul, you're not going to go to men. You're going to go to women. Lydia, I have this businesswoman down there, and she is going to be the one. And what's really great is we're going to look at tomorrow really five things that Lydia uh, did that basically uh, were indicative of God drawing her. I mean, they she responded to God, but his sovereign hand was all over her, and then she responded obediently to her. So, hey, I just uh, I want to let listeners know, if you uh, are just tuning in or whatever and you want to listen to this or any past program, you can go to SWATradio.com. That's S-W-A-T radio.com and uh, click on the past programs link. Uh, if you want to communicate with us, like uh, Craig said earlier, you can go to ask at SWATradio.com. You can also uh, uh, use Facebook at SWAT Radio Talk or Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk. And we so appreciate you listening. Craig, thanks for joining us today. I'm glad you uh stepped in tomorrow david gray will be back on here right yeah thank you very much i've had a great time i really right. enjoyed it well good well we'll see you on thursday at, yes. at swat meeting if you want to join us at a swat meeting tomorrow morning 6 30 a.m at woody's uh here at the salem center at noon chick-fil-a love for you to join us and thursday mornings at uh jumping jack's house food we'll be back tomorrow if you missed a swat radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual.